Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me all right? Yep, you can hear all right? Great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. Um, my name is Nikki Cumpston, and I am a Barkindji artist and curator. I work here at the Art Gallery of South Australia as the curator of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art. And I'm also the artistic director for the wonderful Tarnandi Festival, which we've got coming up in October. And we're all working really hard on the catalogue as we speak. So all of the content is coming in, the essays by um, many different writers and lots of incredible images. So we're able to realise what the exhibition will be. But today, I'm going to talk to you about the Ramsey Art Prize and what a sensation it is. <laughs> but first, I'd like to acknowledge that we are here on the lands of the Ghana people. I would like to pay my deep respect to the Ghana people and to also acknowledge the work that they continue to do to enable all of us to be here living, working and visiting on beautiful Ghana country. Of course, this week is National Reconciliation Week. It's held on the same dates each year from the 27th of May until the 3rd of June. And that bookmarks the, the referendum in 1967 that successfully enabled Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to be counted as citizens in this country and enabled us to be able to vote. And then on the 3rd of June, which bookmarks the end of National Reconciliation Week, we have the Mabo Day celebrations, which of course is when the um, High Court passed the judgment that of course there is native title in this country and that the whole notion of terra nullius was absolutely incorrect. So, we also, of course, celebrate National Sorry Day during this week as well, which honours and, and pays respect to all of the people who have been affected through the stolen generations where children have been removed from families. So it's a big week and it's a, a time for us to be able to come together and to be able to talk about who we are, who we are as a nation of people living in Australia and the theme for this week is Be a Voice for Generations. And this is really about us. We all have a place and we all have a voice to be able to acknowledge and to go forward and to move forward as a nation of people who are respectful of all different cultures and in particular to be honouring and respecting Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in this country. So I think that's something that's really... It's, it's about humanity and it's about all of us actually using our voices in order to be having, you know, having a say and to be able to support other people along the journey who may not understand what's happening in this country. And for me, through my role here at the Art Gallery and through being able to support artists to create works of art, this is a really powerful platform for people to actually have a voice. And in some cases, this is the only voice that they have in society. 
So that's what's been really fascinating about being one of the judges for the Ramsey Art Prize this year. I was um, a judge alongside of Aaron Sito, who uh, lives and works in Jakarta at the Museum of Contemporary um, Art. And we were also joined by Erin Coates, who is an artist and producer from Western Australia. And this process started when the entries closed late last year. And all of the entries were compiled by the wonderful Erin Davidson, who works here as the project manager for the Ramsey Art Prize here at the Art Gallery of South Australia. And so all of the entries were collated. There were over 300 entries and we went through them one by one on our own, at our computers, and it's a very, a very effective portal that is set up that we go into. We're, we, we're the only people allowed to go into that portal and we look at each artist and we're able to read the statement that the artist provides. We see the image of the work and so we get a sense of what it is that this work is. It's not straightforward. As you can see by looking at the works of art in the exhibition, it's hard to get your head around what you're actually looking at, and especially because it's digital. It's not actually in the flesh. Like, I'm not standing here looking at the works of art. This is what happens once we selected the final 27 artists out of 300 and, I think it was 14, the works are sent to the art gallery and they're, they're displayed. So then, the judges all come in together. I didn't come into this space until the other judges were in Adelaide and we all walked in together. And we were able to see the works for the first time. And some of the works that, that we were looking at when we were doing the, the selecting from home, some of the works we really felt it was interesting because we individually looked and then we came together and had Zoom sessions. I think there were five sessions that we had together. This took a lot of time. <laughs> My partner kept going past me at the computer and saying, you're not still doing that. <laughs> but it's because I really wanted to understand what I was looking at. And because these artists come from many different backgrounds and they're working in, as you can see, every different medium, you need to, you need to get a sense of what it is that they're trying to say and what the work of art actually is. So that, that took time, but there were some works that we felt we weren't quite across what they were, and we said to each other, I really want to see this. And so that was how we got to the final 27 artists. So the, it was joyful. When we all entered into this space last Wednesday morning, we all gasped, and we were just like couldn't believe what it is. And we think it's just remarkable and it's such a testament to all of the artists. And of course, all of these artists are under 40 years of age. This is really the most significant art prize in the country for artists under 40 years of age. $100,000 is completely transformational for anyone, let alone an artist under 40. And it's really, you know, things were said during the opening celebrations for this exhibition around, you know, the bravery of, 
of people to become artists. And it really is, it's not an easy road to, or path to follow in life because it's not consistent. You don't get a consistent wage. It's something that a prize like this actually can make the world of difference to your career and to your life. So no pressure <laughs> on trying to select, you know, one winner out of the 27 because in my mind, and I still feel this, each and every one of these artists is a winner. The, in order to have the work selected and hung within the State Institution of the Art Gallery of South Australia, to me is a win-win. It's not something that, that happens very often, even in your whole career, where you are shown within a State Institution collection. So, so this has been really, you know, really remarkable. The, the artists, there were 23 artists who travelled here to Adelaide for the, the launch and the opening celebrations. And that was really from the generosity of the contemporary collectors of the Art Gallery of South Australia, who are a group of collectors who support the, the acquisition of contemporary works of art into the collection, but they've also provided funding for each of the artists to be able to come. And of course, that's a really important part of being an artist is to be able to see other artists' works of art and to have that opportunity to mix with other artists and meet other people, meet us, you know, meet our collectors, meet all of the people that are associated with the gallery. But really, most importantly, is for them to be able to meet each other and have conversations and just get to see personally how that other person is presenting their work. So that was, for me, really great as well. I did my best to try and meet as many of the artists as I could. I think I got to about eight <laughs> on the first day. <laughs> um, and then I got better as the days went on. But, um, but it really, you know, it really is transformational for, for the artist to be able to have that chance to travel. And the artists are from right across Australia. For example, the work on this back wall here is Alison Purantatameri, who is a Tiwi artist. She lives and works at Perlingimpie on Melville Island. And she travelled all the way down um, to be here, which was just remarkable to be able to see her and um, to feel her pride uh, with seeing her work hanging here in the gallery. And that particular work, I'll just speak about it for a moment while, while it's on our mind. It's a work, it's on canvas, it's created with natural ochres. So the colours that you see are all natural. They've been uh, gathered from different areas around the island. So they're natural ochres. The ochre itself is, is quite, it's like a bit of a rock, a soft rock, soft, soft sandstone and it needs to be crushed in order to, to then mix it with like a medium that they can then, that Alison can then apply to the canvas. So there's quite a process involved in creating the actual paint to make that painting. And she's used a traditional podger, which is an ironwood comb. So it's been carved from ironwood 
And then what she does is she rocks that comb into the ochre and then applies it onto the canvas. So the depth of tone and the way that you can see, it feels like there's a movement happening there. It's about tidal movements, it's about water. Of course, she is surrounded by the Arafura Sea. Her grandfather was one of her teachers. He was a senior lawman and cultural knowledge holder for stories, really referencing also back to the Macassan fishermen that for centuries would travel to the top of Australia and exchange. And they would, they would come here to fish for the Beche de Mer, the sea, the trepang, the sea cucumber, and they would stay for months and they would come with the tides. So the northwest winds and the, northeast, the southeast winds would, would carry them to and from Australia. Every year, seasonally, they would travel until they were stopped from coming into Australia as part of the White Australia policy in 1901. So really, you know, it's an incredibly beautiful contemporary painting, but it has this historical reference and this traditional technique of, of creating that particular work. I think because I'm standing in front of Zachariah Fielding's incredible suite of paintings titled Wonder Drug, I need to talk about them <laughs> and, and about Zachariah. Um, of course, Zachariah is one of the, the duo, Electric Fields, um, so he's an incredible um, songman, music maker, in, incredible artist, and has been painting in the last few years. So this body of work is, is really, you can see the medium, it's painted onto cardboard, uh, which I love. I love the idea of, of something that is a throwaway, but then has been used in this way to create, you know, a whole wall of work, where he's also used synthetic polymer paint, spray paint, metallic paint, charcoal and pencil. And he's, you know, he's referencing these emotions, this push and pull of, of life and how you have, you know, you're, you're elated and then you are, you know, you're depressed. There's all the feelings and emotions of, of life through this body of work. It's really lively. I can feel, I can feel like they, they are, there's, there's this sense of human looking, you know, there's that gremlin word is kind of alive and well within this work. It's also joyful and playful. It's singing and dancing, but it's also tormenting. So I feel that um, he's created a really incredible um, presence here with this particular body of work. I'll also mention Tio Ropian. So Tio's work is the very large scale, also on this wall at the other end of the wall. So they're prints, they're vinyl cut um, images. So he's, he's cut and carved into vinyl or lino. So it's like a lino cut, but it's an oversized vinyl cut work that took more than two months for him to create. And he's really referencing, you know, four, four, four elements within culture of of the representation of land, sea, sky, and and that that honouring of culture through embodied through these spirit figures, 
that are that are dancing, that are moving, that are that are really shaping, but acknowledging the connection that Aboriginal people have with land, sea, sky, air and water. And maybe now I should talk about the winning work. <laughs> um, has everyone had a chance to see Ida Sophia's work, Witness, which is in the very end room? It's a moving image work. It's a performance-based video. So Ida is a performance artist. The work itself is titled Witness and it came about through the artist witnessing her father's baptism and a realisation of, as a young person, of her father loving Jesus more than he loved her and her reconciling this feeling through this work of art. So the work of art was created in one take and it was a 30-minute take. So that action that you see happening within that, that work was happening for 30 minutes and then they selected and edited out 12 minutes and 12 seconds to bring the work to life and to realise it within this space. It's gruelling... It's, it's a work that, that all three of us judges, we, we walked around this space many times and we walked, we, you know, we looked at that work, but we didn't stop and watch the whole work until probably the third time around. And once we did that, we, we couldn't move beyond that work. It was something for us that was so, it was so utterly compelling. It was something that, that was deeply disturbing. It's very moving, but it's also, it's gruelling. And to, you know, to hear the sound, that's another thing that, that brought us into that work because what she's done is they've used hydro, hydrophonic speakers underwater so that along with the score is what you hear when you're watching the work. Also, I feel like the way that the work pulls you in, it wasn't until I was watching it for the second time round all the way through that I realised that all of a sudden I'm like right there with them. And I thought, how have I moved? Have they? But it's the cleverness of the camera and the way that that camera is really, you know, it's handheld, but it's, it's, it's floating. So it's got me floating. You know, I'm, I feel like we are witness to her being witness, it's, it's, it's very, I, I just found it really clever and really exciting and, and disturbing and everything. All of the emotions, I held my breath while I was watching it. I, I love the light and the way that the, the actual, the country, the, the colours within that beautiful country. It's filmed in Beachport in the Pool of Salom, which is a beautiful body of water which is just beyond the ocean. It's just back inland slightly. There are, it's salinated, it's four times more salinity than the ocean, so it's quite buoyant, that particular body of work. And of course it has a reference back to Christianity as well, so the, the actual name of that pool. And, the, and so there's, you know, there's all these things going on that, that for me, just really equaled 
a really incredibly important work and a, and a work that was really worthy of, of our um, vote. So I hope that's helped you to um, have a bit of insight into the way that we went about judging and, you know, just, just how remarkable the James and Diana Ramsey Foundation is and how grateful we are to them. This prize is in perpetuity, which means that beyond all of our lifetimes, this will continue. And that, to me, is something remarkable for the younger generations of, of people. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs>